the Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a muggy Friday morning. Yeah, I said it. It's Friday morning. If I uh, if I forget towards the end of the show, uh, for crying out loud, be nice to the tourists. You know, just uh, give them a little space. They, they come here and they spend a lot of money. So we like those guys. Be nice to them. Um, I, I get tested almost every weekend, so it's not like I, you know, not like I'm any different than you. I go down Main Street in Fredericksburg, too, on the weekends. I try not to, but it uh, does have to happen, happen occasionally. And so I'm always reminded because of you. That's what keeps me nice on Main Street is because of every Friday I tell you to be nice on Main Street. So I have to kind of follow through with that. In fact, the last couple of weekends, we have been, um, my wife and I have been uh, tourists. We have been strangers in a strange land, and uh, it's always frustrating when you're trying to find your way around and your GPS is not working right and blah, blah, blah. So be nice to those people who are uh, heading down Main Street and, uh, you know, window shopping from their car. Just be nice. Just be nice. All right, so we got your calendar. I have it today in the in the studio with me. Um, I'm welcoming welcoming Mr. Aaron Sorrells. He is a candidate for lieutenant governor. Aaron, welcome. Thanks for having me. He's going to be in the studio today. By the way, if you want to call in and ask Aaron a question, uh, the number is eight three three eight Bunker eight three three eight Bunker eight three three eight two eight six five three seven. And uh, we'll get your um, question to Mr. Sor- Sorrells. Now, tell me about the pronunciation. <laughs> so, <clears throat> my last name is actually Sorrells. Okay. Uh, that's the proper pronunciation. But unfortunately, as running for office, everybody, uh, one, I do tend to speak a little fast. And a lot of people keep asking me, is, is your last name Soros? So, oh. I'm having to re-say my last name as Sorrells to make sure there's no proper issues with that we'll spell it seeing so look it up s-o-r-r-e-l-l-s you got a lot of you know you're kind of stingy on the uh, consonants you got two r's and aaron does it have two n's no no no, no. so you got two r's you got four r's you got two well, two, two l's two a's actually one two r. a's two oh, a's one r two a's one r you're just a you're just a letter pig that's all there is <laughs> right. to it and uh, you, you need to share those. It's just not quite right. But uh, so it's A A R O N Aaron Sorrells S O R R E L L S. Y'all look it up. What's your website, Aaron? Sorrells the number four Texas dot com. Sorrells the number four Texas dot com. So um, look up his website, and uh, we're going to have him in the studio. All right, let's get to the calendar. I got one big thing on the calendar that's going to be fantastic. That is this Sunday from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock um, at the Gravity Check just south of uh, Kerrville. Look that up. I'm pretty sure it's on the Bandera Highway, I think. I'm 
pretty sure. Look that up. I've driven by it a few times. I've never been there. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we got some great people that are going to be there. And uh, let's see, uh, Raul uh, Reyes is going to be there. Raul recently announced that he's going to be running for Senate District 24. Now, if you're listening to my terrestrial signal, more than likely you live in Senate District 24. And so we've had an opportunity. Mr. Reyes was at the uh, Fredericksburg Tea Party last night. And uh, we talked about that quite a bit. Um, you need to meet your candidates. You need to meet all of them. You need to speak to them. You need to speak with them. And uh, so Raul Reyes, uh, Lieutenant Colonel retired Raul Reyes, is going to be part of the Border Invasion Awareness Rally, as well as uh, my good friend George Rodriguez, El Conservador, um, a great radio program he's had for years, and uh, we've had him speak at the Fredericksburg Tea Party a few times. Um, we also have uh, the Kinney County uh, attorney is going to be there, and uh, this is important because here's someone in a position of authority that actually has the ability to, to act and do certain things. And so um, he is uh, part of that rally on Saturday. Uh, Sheena the Firecracker Rodriguez from uh, North Texas is uh, also going to be there. They've had four or five of these rallies so far. I know the attendance has varied. Um, have you... Um, Aaron, have you gone to any of these border invasion awareness rallies? I have been to two of them. And actually, I will be at that one, too. You'll be at the one. So there you go, folks. Here's a chance to meet your uh, one of your candidates for lieutenant governor, Aaron, and he will be there on Sunday as well. We're really looking forward to this. Um, if you uh, know any of your law enforcement officers or county judges, give them a call and ask them to uh, come down to this and check it out. It's going to be real good. It starts at 2 o'clock, goes to 4. I was informed yesterday that the bar is, uh, we had some questions about firearms. Uh, it is a seven establishment. Um, and uh, the bar, they, get, they are going to serve alcohol, but they can't do so till 4. So uh, 2 to 4 is uh, the rally, and then uh, from 4 to 5 is going to be a social hour. So... Uh, we're looking forward to that, and we're looking forward to seeing you out there. You still have time to get yourself a calling card. Uh, this has been my theme over the last couple of weeks, that when you go to these rallies, that when you go to these events, when you go to something like a Tea Party meeting or uh, We the People Liberty in Action meeting, or if you go to one of the Kerr County Patriots meetings, you know, it, it's one thing to attend, but then use this as an opportunity to network with people, right? And and that's where you meet people who have that same burr under your saddle and uh, that you might find that, that, you know, you might find your partner right there, someone who is ready to go to war with you in whatever your issue is. And so you need to, you can't be a, a wallflower. You, you can't go to these events and be a fly on the wall or or be the, the I'm-too-cool-for-school cowboy that stands in the back of the room. You go, you you network, you take your, I know a lot of people don't have business cards, but get yourself a calling card made. They're real simple. And uh, if you want to keep it really simple, just pick up that little pack of paper at Wally World or wherever and make your own business cards or have them professionally made. 
but uh, have a calling card with your name and, and, and maybe one or two of the burrs that are under your saddle and some contact info. And that way, when you meet someone like-minded, you know, they're not having to write it on their hand with a pen. You can just give them a calling card. So, uh, like I said uh, yesterday, I'm going to start asking you for a calling card. If you're someone I know or recognize, I'm going to ask you for your calling card. And if you don't have one, I'm going to expose you on the radio. We're going to give out your home address. And uh, we're going to send, uh, I don't know, we'll figure out someone to send over to your front yard. So get your calling card, follow instructions. We're only, listen, all we're trying to do is save Texas. No big deal. What do you think, Aaron? Is that a, a decent uh, objective? Uh, yes, it's definitely a decent objective. <laughs> That's a good objective. <laughs> so um, I want to thank Tejas Smoke Depot for uh, always uh, taking good care of us and sponsoring this program. And uh, give you a little bit of a Ben Franklin uh, before we go. And uh, let's see, here we go, 1738 from Poor Richard's Almanac. Uh, since I cannot govern my own tongue, though within my own teeth, how can I hope? to govern the tongues of others all right all right folks y'all stay tuned we'll be back and again call if you want to ask your uh, candidate for lieutenant governor any questions y'all stay tuned we'll be right back All right. Thank you for staying tuned. We always know it's Friday when uh, Uncle Ted starts bringing us in. That's our way to get ready for the uh, weekend. Uncle Ted, thank you very much. You know, we're gonna. Somebody out there knows him. Somebody out there is gonna call him one of these days. I've only been asking for two and a half years. If you know Ted, tell him he's welcome in the studio anytime. I can tell Ted stories uh, uh, um, going all the way back to when I was about fifteen. So uh, anybody out there knows him, we know he hangs out here in this uh, hill country, so uh, have him give me a call sometime. would love to have him on the program. All right, by the way, uh, this uh, program, you can stream it live. Uh, 102.1 went down for a few minutes this morning. I think they're working on it, but never fear. You can stream us live no matter where you are. And uh, uh, Poughkeepsie, where's Poughkeepsie? Am I even saying Poughkeepsie? Where is Poughkeepsie? That's in New York. So if you go on vacation to Poughkeepsie, you can listen to the Hill Country Patriot live. Of course, if you're in New York, I think you'd have to go listen an hour earlier. So uh, get up an hour earlier, and you can tune in by going to hillcountrypatriot.com. Also, uh, at towards the uh, middle of every day, I usually clean up this program, take the weather and news out of it and put it up on spotify google podcasts apple podcasts radio public breaker pocket casts and anchor fm so uh tell your friends about it there so mr sorrels is in here sorrels is running for lieutenant governor tell us why in the world do you want the job of lieutenant governor well to be honest i don't i don't like being told what to do and when you go fight the system and you become one of a one of 40 or one of over 100 in the senate or the house then there's all they do is push you around uh because they they want you to be part of the club and i'm not going to be part of that club so i decided my style is more to go for the top and that's what i'm doing so i want to have the ability to actually restore texas back to the way it should be 
and I don't want to play the games where they shove me in the back and play flutes in the in the background and throw cookies at me and all the things that they love to do to treat the conservatives mm. like they're peanuts. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, the cookie statement, that goes back to Jonathan Stickland when they dragged a cookie. Yeah, someone took a cookie and put it on a string and dragged it past um, uh, Mr. Uh, Stickland's desk in order to keep him away. Well, it was a joke. They thought they could, with a cookie, they could lure him away from the back mic. Um, yeah, that's the kind of ugliness that we see up there, and sometimes we think it's kind of funny and cute, but then when you know what at the root of it is, it's really, it's really a mess. Tell us your story about your son. You shared that with us last night. Um, at the Fredericksburg Tea Party meeting, and I actually want to ask you, have you comment on that, the meeting last night, but um, tell us about the story about your son and what what really th- this motivated you to finally get up and do something. Well, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, they mess with my business, obviously. Everybody's business has been messed with. They mess with me personally. You know, as an adult, we have all these restrictions, but this thing I had been avoiding basically for the last two years is really dealing with hospitals we are a very healthy family we do things you know try to stay healthy eat right and so we really have not been affected by the virus at all there's really been minor stuff but Mm -hmm. so my son goes to i take my two youngest sons to jujitsu and right off the bat in jujitsu they do a a deal with some older kids and a big kid steps on my son's foot and crushes his foot basically Mm. And so can't walk. I have to carry him to the car, drive him to cook children's. I had already made calls to my wife. I'd already talked to my son. We knew what was coming. And so we walked in to an empty lobby. I was literally the only person in there with my son, carried him in, set him down, walked up, tried to start uh, sign in before I could even sign in. They said, where's your mask? I said, I, I can't wear a mask. I have two medical conditions. I said, my son has a broken foot. I need someone to take care of him. She said, you can't do that unless you have a mask. And I said, well, go get a nurse or a doctor. So they got a nurse. Nurse comes back out, tells me, uh, you have to wear a mask. That's our policy. No exceptions. I said, I have two medical conditions. And and to be polite to them, as much as I didn't want to be, I did stay way to the back. So I was nowhere near them. And I was making my voice very loud so they could hear it clearly anywhere in there. <laughs> and they still wouldn't do anything. So they went and got, I said, no, this is not acceptable. You have an oath to follow. You're not following it. My son has a broken foot. Please get over here and take care of him. You're a children's hospital. They went and got two more nurses to come out. And then they, <laughs> they told me to come up close to the counter, which I thought they were worried about the virus. Mm-hmm. So they told me to come up close to the counter. And then they whispered, we're not denying you service. Okay. So you can put a mask on. <laughs> and I was like, you, you literally are denying me service. That's exactly what you're doing. And I stepped back again from them and they, they said, wouldn't do anything. So, um, after about 15 minutes from the first, first moment I walked in, my wife was able to show up. My wife can wear a mask. And so they finally, because my wife would wear a mask, they were, they were willing to do it. But here's the thing. They, they never asked about vaccine. Mm. They didn't care if I was vaccinated. They all had masks on. Actually, most of them had double layers mask on. I could barely even see their faces. They had so much covering on. And that's what I don't understand is what they're so afraid of. But the counter to some people has been, well, why didn't you just take care of your son? Two things. One, my son is very strong. Uh, he he understands. He actually has one of my medical conditions, too. He doesn't do well with masks. We actually pulled him out of school last year for that. And so he's a tough kid, and he was willing to stick it up because he knew on the way there we had already discussed what was going to happen. This was life-threatening. That would have been a different story, but it was a broken foot. He's a tough kid. Right. But the thing is that everybody that asked me that question doesn't think about is that now I can't go to any Cook Children's facility to do follow-up appointments, to take any of my children to any of their appointments. 
And when you deal with orthopedics, they all send you to the, the orthopedic. They send you to the specialists, which are children specialists, which all in forwards are all going to be the major hospitals. Mm-hmm. So I have lost all medical rights to my, my children as far as that's concerned. And I'm, you can mess with me, but you don't mess with my children. So how your, your son and how old did you say that one is 11, 11. So your 11 year old son comes in with a broken foot. You had to carry him in. He couldn't walk. So you carry him into, did someone come immediately to look at your son? No, they never once, they never once walked behind the, off, away from the counter. Okay. Uh, it's just, it, it, that, that's unbelievable. And, uh, and so how long then, how long did your son sit there? You said he's a tough guy. He's in, he's got to be in pain. Oh, yeah. A foot injury. So was he maybe squirming? Was he, was he, he was, he's a tough kid. He's I mean, a tough he, kid. he was crying and you could see how much pain, but he, he was toughing it out, but he was sitting in the chair, just, I mean, bawling his head off and they looked right at him and didn't care. And that's cook's children. You know, we've, there's been some other stories over the years, uh, that we've talked about here with cook's, uh, children's hospital. Mm. Yeah. So that motivated you that mo- well I I had I wrote this down. So how long did he sit there in pain before I mean was it 5 minutes 15 20, about 15 about 15 minutes before your wife got there and then they decided it was okay to come over and treat your son. Oh yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, these these are the things until you hear them firsthand, you know, these are just I don't know. These are, you know, some kind of conspiracy theory that if you don't follow all these rules, you're not going to get medical care. That's something that in our country has always been. You go into an emergency room and you get care. They don't, they don't, there's never been questions asked. I mean, it's just you walk in, you're in pain, they immediately come up to you. I've found out that the really good way to get in front of the line at the, uh, at the uh, emergency room is uh, just tell them you're having little bit of chest pain <laughs> even, yep. you know even if you've cut your pinky you know just say yeah i got a little chest pain and man they they are right on top of that so this is this is crazy i lived in uh, south america in uh, colombia for three years in the late 80s and early 90s and you could literally uh be dropped off at a hospital in and drop you off on the front stairs of, the, of a hospital in south america and unless you unless you show that you can pay for it, they will let you die right there in front of the hospital. That that's not true in the United States. Well, it wasn't until now. It wasn't until now. So we take this action, and you walked out of there, and you said, "I've got to do something." Yeah, basically, I I left there. I made some phone calls. I actually called one of our local radio stations. And he told me that it's not the hospital's problem if I have 14 medical conditions. Find someone else to take your child to the hospital. Wow. wow. And I said, are you kidding me? Mm. I said, mm-hmm. what about my employee that has a, that's a single dad? Who's he supposed to go find? Nobody right. else has legal authority. And he goes, that's right. not the hospital's problem. <laughs> it's like, what's the wow. hospital for then? <laughs> I, think you need to, <clears throat> I think you need a new radio station. <laughs> whichever whichever one you called you need a new one you're welcome here by the way sure. so tell me about your your business uh you're in business with your father is that do i remember that correctly? yes that's all right. right tell us what you guys do uh we sell window treatments and so blinds roller shades shutters uh we also do outdoor patio shades which is where we've really grown this last year and a half mm-hmm. with everybody sitting at home building on their outdoor patios mm-hmm. so that's that's most of our business nothing nothing fancy just you know 
just basic stuff, you know, but we deal with homeowners all the time. So that's kind of why I knew the feeling of where everybody's been. And that's why I don't believe any of the stuff going on. So what, um, where's your business out of where are you guys based? We are in Fort Worth in Fort Worth. Yes, sir. My wife will be happy to hear that. She, my wife is like a fifth generation Fort Worthian. Well, she's a good person. Though. She is absolutely. <laughs> and she doesn't like my Fort Worth jokes. So I have to be real careful. So I'm not going to repeat any of them on the air today. Oh. So window to <laughs> yeah, I know you're disappointed, but oh. you don't you don't uh, you don't have the privilege of going home to my wonderful wife. Oh, I got you. So. I understand. I understand. Woo, woo. I've been Almost. married for 17 years. I get it. There you go. All right. So you have one child, 11 year old, other kids. Yeah, I have a 14 year old. Uh, I have three boys. So 14 years old, 11 years old, and eight years old. Wow. Okay. All right. Three boys. That's how I grew up with uh, three three boys in the house and no girls you got you got your challenge so indeed uh, um let's see we're gonna take a short a wee little break here and i'm gonna have mr sorrels look at some of the headlines in some of our texas news and ask him to just pick one or two of them and come back and comment on them y'all stay tuned we'll be right back We are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. I have in the studio with me Aaron Sorrells. He is running for lieutenant governor. You can go check out his website, Sorrells, the number four, Texas, S-O-R-R-E-L-L-S, the number four, Texas.com. Dot com. There you go. Mr. Sorrells was at our uh, Tea Party meeting last night with Jonathan Dunn. I tried to tell people, I begged, I told people, this is the meeting you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss this one. This Irish preacher is pretty good. Aaron, what what did you think last night? He was very good. He was amazing, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was. Absolutely. And uh, we talked about this over the last couple of days that sometimes it takes someone from the outside. You know, you've heard the uh, uh, the, the the frog in the slowly boiling water. We've been hearing that one for a couple of years right now. Well, the frog in the pot doesn't feel it, but, you know, everybody else around there that's watching that little experiment is seeing the heat get turned up. And so some of these furners, some of these uh, Auslanders, um, take a look at uh, this country from outside of the pot, and they realize how incredibly different and privileged that we are in this country and our form of government and everything and they look at it, and then they look at the frog, and they say, "Don't you feel this? You know, don't you don't you feel what's going on?" And and we're the frog, and they're going, "No, this is great. Add some carrots. I'm hungry." <laughs> you know, it's uh, and so th- I'm I'm really sorry if you didn't get there last night. If you did, listen. In eight years, we've had one other standing ovation, and I can't remember who it was. And uh, but Angela reminded me of that last night. But when. When uh, Mr. Dunn was finished last night, it was not just a standing ovation. It was like people uh, leapt to their feet. Yeah. I mean, they really did. I'm not exaggerating. It was a people leapt to their feet, and he got a very serious round of applause. It was it was absolutely amazing. And then another strange thing that happened last night that never happens at our meeting Around 8 o'clock or so, people start getting restless. We do always do our best to quit at 8. Last night, there was no way I was going to cut him off. 
There was no way. At 8 o'clock, it's like there's no way I'm walking out on the stage. But normally in the few times that's happened in the past, people get restless and they'll get up and they'll walk out or there or after the speaker, he's said his last word, they'll clap and then they all head for the doors. Last night, it was so bizarre. After the standing ovation, everybody kind of sat down again as if there was going to be an encore. Yeah, they did. And it was, the whole thing was amazing. So um, anyway, if you missed it last night, don't worry. He'll be back around in two years. It's kind of the same as legislature. You know, if you didn't participate this year, um, you you can come back in two years and participate then. So I asked uh, Mr. Sorrells to look at some of the headlines uh, that we were pulling. I was pulling up here in the studio, and we were kind of scrolling through. What do you want to talk about? And uh, we picked a topic. He picked a topic and said, yeah, that one's pretty hot. And about the same time, I get a text, and it was the question was exactly that topic. So we had a good chuckle. Annette, thank you for sending that uh, suggestion in. But talk to us about this whole protection of girls' sports, um, high school sports, college sports, the whole uh, transgendered thing. It, take your time, whatever. Th- this is my pet peeve, so go write it. Well, I mean, I think it's funny that uh, I- I'll-, I'll do this in multiple areas, too. It's not just about women's sports, but it's also about, you know, MLK and Malcolm X and everything, the the civil rights movement. It's the same thing. It's like we've now turned everything that was – we that the civil rights and the the feminists supposedly fought for and now that we've gone the opposite direction with it they're now like you know we're now resegregating voluntarily right mm. and in the women's sports we're now telling men that after we were kicked out and they set up title nine they set all these things up to protect women's sports now we're saying oh if you pretend to be a woman you get to be, play in our sports and oh by the way you'll get to set all the records so now women are losing everything and the bill like you said it's on the screen texas house approves women's sports protections but excludes college women so it didn't protect women. And at the, the highest level, women are still not being protected. And I'm tired of it. Like, I mean, a, a man is a man. A woman is a woman. That's it. I don't care what you think in your head. And I don't care what flack I take for it. It is what it is. There's, there's a reason for that. And we need to stop pretending there's anything other than that. This, this game that they play where they divide us and they separate us and they, they allow all these little divisions. So, and, and it, it, we just always want to be the nice people on the right. Stop being nice. They're, they're, you know, this leads into the next conversation. I mean, this leads into, well, now that you believe you're this, well, now we can mutilate you. Mm. It's, it, it's not okay in any way, shape, or form. We have you um, attended uh, or watched or or testified at any of the hearings in the last few te- sessions about these issues? I've not been there, but I, I know people that have, and I've I've talked to them about it. It is it's absolutely amazing. Uh, the um, oh here I am Swanson, uh, who was uh, presenting the bill in the second session to the house committee and i was in the room and valerie swanson was giving the bill and she was doing laying it out and doing a really good job and about the time she got done the uh the first democrat he was on uh far left i can't think of his name he sat up and 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 very he said you know miss swanson we we all have to agree that a a trans woman is a woman and 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 he was adamant he even repeated he said a trans woman is a woman now you know years ago i have to tell you years ago when all of this whole idea came up i didn't know 
trans woman, I had to ask somebody, is that a, a woman who thinks she's a man? Is it a man who thinks she? I really didn't know. I heard trans and I heard woman. Well, now I've figured it out. There's there's women and then there's trans women. Right. All right. So that that that's the thing. But they want us all to think that they are actually. And they will sit there, Aaron. How do you? How would you even start a discussion? Where do you start with someone like that? If that was one of your colleagues, or you're a, a, a senator, your lieutenant governor, and you've got a senator that just looks at you and says, "Aaron, a trans woman is a woman." What What do you say? I mean, this is a colleague. No, plain and simple. No, I'm sorry. I will not play in this game. I will not justify. A mental illness, and that's what it is. Until the last, what, five, six years, it's been a mental illness. Mm-hmm. And the suicide rate is high, and there's a reason for that. Instead of us trying to help these people, to, you know, whatever's off and help them through this this process, we now are we are now encouraging the behavior. And the last thing you do when someone has an issue, a mental illness, is encourage that behavior. No one's going to tell a schizophrenic to just, oh, hey, go be a schizophrenic. Go run right. around and be crazy. They're just not going to do that. But in this, we're like, oh, oh, no, no, in- embrace that. No, we're not going to embrace it. Because even when you embrace it, the suicide rate is just as high, if not higher. When they mutilate themselves, they, the suicide rate is still just as high. And the ones that have done it, there's there's plenty of them that are coming back saying, oh, God, I wish someone would have stopped me. Yeah. Who's the grown-up in the room? You know, I've said this, uh, I, since this is the burr under my saddle, and by the way, it didn't start that. I, I I couldn't even tell you if I go back, I'd have to stop and think what were the burrs under my saddle five or six years ago or eight years ago when I really got engaged. Um, but this one became the burr in my saddle just because of the open absurdity of it. <laughs> it was, and you know, a lot of people are making the reference to 1984 and Animal Farm and all these uh, uh, kind of predictive books that came out. But the two plus two equals five, you know. Yeah, that was. It, it, it is. I remember reading that in and years ago and thinking, as I'm reading that entire book, it's like we'll never get to that. No one's ever in this country. No one is ever gonna say two plus two is five, and you must accept it. And here we are. Yeah. I've, well, I've made the same point. You sit there and look and say, how did, how did Nazi Germany happen? You say, how could we do this? We have all these history. There's no way that'll ever happen. And now you've got parents walking by all the time in the main cities, and the children are walking right behind with masks on. Mm-hmm. Parents have no mask on, yet they're not doing anything to ch- make the, the public education influence off their children. And you sit there and say, now they're telling these children to turn against their parents. Well, oh, here we are. Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. Parents, the kids being turned against the parents. Government, I mean, that's... I mean, turning your neighbors, yep. kids, turning your parents. Yep. We brought that up with the city council in uh, Fredericksburg last December, and uh, when they tried to set up a tattletale tool, not they didn't try to, they did. They set up a tattletale tool online, and uh, it sparked outrage. Uh, in fact, it's probably one of the best things that's happened in the city of Fredericksburg as far as grassroots engagement because what happened uh, is uh, the week after that happened, I knew two or three different people that said, "There, well, we're going to go to city council and I'm bringing my friends. And uh, they ended up with over 100 uh, some odd people there in a room that uh, was pretty small because not that many people don't ever show up. And um, it was it, it it was absolutely we so we start using that language. We said that was the, that was what the and man did they come down on us for using the Nazi language, oh. and and uh, and so that was uh, 
but it is when you when you have your neighbors turn on neighbors when you tell them and listen this is not the same as neighborhood watch no <laughs> is it the same as neighborhood watch no because so, who are you when you call into neighborhood watch what are you're calling for a specific you see some guy prowling around right yeah yeah he you're jumped protecting over the neighborhood fence. from you're protecting illegal. the neighborhood yeah but when it comes to you know walking past a business and we read some of the comments that people left on the tattletale tool and they were walking by a business looking in the window and said there's people too close in there they're this or that we did get them to take it off the website it took some pressure but uh and the amazing thing about it was it was so grassroots it even freaked me out because it ended up there were about three different groups of people that did not know the other two were going to be there and it looked like someone really organized this really well <laughs> but it did it was not organized it was three different kind of small groups of friends they said we're, we've had enough of this and they all showed up and it was absolutely amazing the difference of, of one person or one you know you and your friend can make so let's quickly talk we've got a lot of people running in the governor's uh primary for governor um a republican primary for governor and um so we've got uh, mr huffines we have alan west we have um chad prather um are you familiar with danny harrison uh you actually told me about him i was not aware okay so danny harrison <laughs> And I feel bad for the guy because every time the governor's candidates are listed, they always say three. It's four, guys. Danny Harrison is in there. We've actually had him on the program here. So um, any if you look at those four candidates, if if you had a choice and you, you – so you're lieutenant governor, which one of those governors, or maybe it may not be any one of them, which one of those governors – oh, we got to throw Abbott in there as well – which one of the, 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 the incumbent or any of the four challengers would do you think would be um, the best to serve with? It sure as heck ain't Abbott. Okay, good. <laughs> we could throw him out. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of going with the same as the governors, uh, the ones running against Abbott. It's anybody but Abbott. I'm good with all three. Um, all three have helped my campaign out. They're all good people. Uh, they, they're completely different styles. I don't think I've ever seen a race with three candidates that were so legitimate and completely different. So that's the thing is, I mean, you've got, you know, Don's style versus Prather style versus West style. And I don't know enough about Danny Harrison to comment, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's, I, I like all three of them. Uh, I, style wise, I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm more like Prather. Okay. I'm going to be a little more, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a politician. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I and I've worked hard my whole life, so I'm going to come a little more straight across, and I'm not going to be PC. And I'm not that's not to say West or Don are going to be that either. But if anybody's listened to the three talk, they know what I'm getting at. But oh, yeah. as far as it goes, I, I'm good with all three of them. I like all of them. Okay, yeah, and that's you know that's the goal. And there's even been some confusion among our own ranks. I got a, an email a couple of weeks ago from one of my listeners that said, "Why are we splitting the vote?" Yeah, and and I was and and that was okay. I understand. Listen. There's a lot of people that, just like me and just like you, really never were engaged, say, eight or ten years ago. We all have to learn from scratch. And so I'm not passing judgment, but this is a primary. This is where the Republicans go and do their Republican business to decide who they want to run in the general election. And so the idea is, in the primaries in Texas, if you don't get 50%, if you have 17 people running for senator like we did uh, 
District 24 a few years back. You, you go in the ballot. There's not a Democrat on there. You are deciding amongst all the re- Republicans as to which one you want to go stand up against the um, uh, stand up in the general in November. And so let's. Um, there's going to be a lot of lieutenant governor candidates as well. And yeah, uh, there's a couple more that have come. one more's come in, and there may be right now. I was the only one running that I'm aware of against. I mean, there's te- there's one more, but he's not really pushing. Um, and then another one that's more se- that's serious just came in, and yeah. there may be one more showing up in the next week or so. But you're going to have choices. And I, the point I was about to make was that in this primary for the governor, for the governor's office. Yeah, I'm telling you, you, you've never seen a primary with this many good candidates for the governor's office that I Correct. can recall in the state of Texas. No, I no, it's None. normally it's normally pretty much one guy, and that's like, oh, that's who we're going with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, this this is amazing. So this is the year to stay tuned in. And how important is your vote? Well, I'm going to tell you how your vote can count five times. All right, here's here's the secret. We have less than twenty percent of Texans show up to vote in primaries correct so if you go vote in a primary let's see it let's just say let's just keep the math simple it's uh let's say it hits 20 percent, which i'm not sure that it has any time recently but let's just say it hits 20 percent. you go in and vote that is your vote counts five times yeah yeah five times 20 is 100 that's uh you know it's uh your vote counts you're 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 voting for four other people when you go in the primary and so your your vote is that much more important, um, folks. We need to take a short break, and uh, when we get back, we'll wrap this up on a Friday and give Mister Sorrells a chance to give his closing argument. Y'all stay tuned. folks we are back our last chance here we want to ask uh we want to talk about the mutilation of of uh, uh of children whether it be chemical or physical um talk to us about that aaron the floor is yours well yeah we didn't get to it last time so the main thing is i want to get across is everybody needs to understand that child gender mutilation is child abuse plain and simple that's all there is to it we are not going to do irreversible damage to our children if we don't protect our children then we're not protecting our future and it has to stop our current leadership is not doing it. They're actively refusing to do it. And it's a disgrace that Texas has the most child gender mutilation facilities of any state in this in this country. So it must be top priority. It has to end. Um, and if I get in there, it will be one of the first things I go after because I will not let my children be treated this way. And, and, and you know, of course, they're not going to treat your child that way. I mean, let's just be clear. Right. But it, it's about all, all children. Where... This is almost, and and I'm going to take the devil's advocate here. This is almost, if we we do something like that, here's an argument you're going to hear from the left. What does the government have a right telling me what to do with my kids? Well, we already do that, and you don't have the right to do child abuse. We protect life. And when you mutilate some kid who has no ability to think properly for himself because they're not mature enough yet, that's a child abuse, and we don't allow that. So... It's it, it you know to you and I it is just that simple, I mean it really is. What about all right? So we, it's easy to go along with physical mutilation, 
and then the chemical mutilation, it's pretty easy to make that argument. What if it's just counseling? What if they, uh, the schools set up a counseling uh, for children who are questioning their gender? How about that? That's not chemical. It's not physical. Where, where, where do you stand on that? So you mean the continuing indoctrination of our children by the education system? Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not for that. <laughs> that would be a yeah. good way of putting it. Yeah. So, we, no, the, the, they, the schools need to get the hell out of the social life. That's not their job. Is SEL, social-emotional learning, has been real real big. In fact, our own, gov- our own uh, um, not proud to say, but our own uh, Senator Don Buckingham pushed and got through a bill uh, last session that uh, has a whole lot to do with social-emotional learning. Do you, do you see that as a role for, and this, you know, we all know the answers to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do we, do you see that social emotional learning of, uh, do you see that as a, a job of our public education? No, it is, it is not their job. Their job is to educate, to teach the basics, and it is up to the adults, the, I mean, sorry, the parents to mm-hmm. do the social of, for the children. It is not up to the school, and it needs to go back to that way. But you know, not all parents are that involved in their their kids. What don't you don't you think we ought to take care of those more? No, I, I mean I want to. I, the parents have to do that. And when we start putting the responsibility back on the parents, things will change. But right now, we've provided all those resources for parents, so they don't care. They just say, "Well, that school will take care of that problem for me." It's like everything else. When you enable a problem, it continues. So stop enabling it. Mm, absolutely. All right, we've got a couple of minutes left, um, so give us your, we need your, your how to contact you, um, your final wrap it up, vote for me. Uh, so, Aaron, the floor is yours for a couple of more minutes. All right, thank you. Uh, so, you can go to my website, which is thesorrells4texas.com. Um, I'm on all social media platforms. If I'm not on there yet, I will be soon. Uh, it's at Sorrells, the number four, Texas, on all social mat- uh, platforms. Uh you can even get me on TikTok now as much as I didn't want to do TikTok, but you know, <laughs> you got to learn to change, but I'll make my final point, which is kind of what I made on a video the other day, actually on TikTok, which is we're not going to make change in this country. If we keep doing things the same way, we've always done it. If we continue to pump up the guys that have all the money and we continue to funnel everything to the, to the establishment, then we're going to keep getting the same results. It's the definition of insanity. And we keep wondering why things in this country don't change. Well, when a guy like myself runs as someone that's just like you, that's pissed off, that's a small business owner, that's seeing his business destroyed, seeing his family values, his Christian values destroyed, and his life destroyed, and now my children's life's destroyed, then when people like myself stand up, we need to be disciples, and we need to go out and spread that word just like Jesus tells us, because if we plan to beat evil, then we have to protect and we have to defend and we have to spread the word of the good. And that's the issue we have right now is that we are not uniting based on our values. We are uniting based on a party and a platform and the values go to everybody. And that means we need to reach out to people that don't look like us, that don't act like us. That includes the Hispanics, the urban communities. They, they have the values we have. And we, as the Republicans of Texas need to stop turning a blind eye to the people that believe like we do. And we're not going to change the system if we keep letting the five major cities control that. So the people in the rural communities, the people in the urban communities, and the Hispanic communities need to rally based on our values. And we need to vote based on that. Stop doing the same game we've always been doing. And that's complaining on social media and not actually going to the primaries and voting. You are not splitting the vote. You are deciding whether or not you want that Republican or a better Republican. And this, then if we do that correctly, we take out the incumbents. And then we stop voting for the lesser of two evils at the general. 
And so that's what we've got to get to. And I'm doing my best to spread that word as much as I can, but that's really it. So um, if you believe in what I'm, I'm talking about, if you want to see real change, if you want to see someone who's going to stand up for Texas values as a fifth-generation Texan, then vote for me. Spread my name. Use the social media platforms. Uh, you can donate on my website. You can volunteer on my website. It is a big state to cover. We need a lot of help. And, you know, it's about time the regular people of this state actually take care of business the way they should. All right, folks, you heard it straight from uh, the uh, we pointed out last night that most of us uh, Texans know what a sorrel is. It's a red horse. That's right. So there you go. You're going to remember that one. Um, once again, Michael Quinn Sullivan writes an awesome Friday reflection. So I'm going to close up the show uh, with Michael Quinn Sullivan. Any self-governing people must be eternally vigilant. The first three words of our Constitution make it clear who is supposed to be in charge. We, the people. Without the citizens taking an active, engaged role in civic life, the notion of self-governance collapses. This has happened before. Will we let it happen again? The Old Testament book of Second Samuel records how Israelites had gone tired of having God as their king and being responsible for living under his law. So after demanding a human king like everyone else around them had, the Israelites quickly found out the rule of man wasn't so much fun either. The people of Israel saw their self-governing nation change for the worse, just as they had been warned. After a period of foreign captivity and exile, God called his people back to Israel, and a man named Nehemiah was tasked with rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and therefore, thereby restoring the nation. There were any number of enemies who wanted to thwart the return of the Jews, and so in Nehemiah 4.9 we're told that the people, quote, prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. Everyone prayed. Everyone worked. Everyone guarded the work. Everyone was responsible. They succeeded for a period only to see their nation fall again. It is a cycle we should study and seek to avoid. If our nation, conceived in liberty, is to long endure, it will only be because we, the people, are wholly committed to being self-governing leaders, actively engaged in the hard, exhausting work of practical governance, of praying for each other and our countrymen, and of being actively prepared to defend our land. It is our duty, not someone else's. When we err... We allow ourselves to believe we can delegate the preservation of our republic to someone else. Rather, we must joyfully embrace the awesome responsibility of self-governance so that we and our children can enjoy the fruits of liberty. So let's pray, stay at guard, and get to work. That from Michael Quinn Sullivan. Um, special prayer request I got last night. Uh, a friend of a friend uh, by the name of Lily um, is really struggling right now. Lily needs some serious. Listen, my prayer warriors, put Lily at the top of the list, please. And uh, Pam and family, again, keep Pam and her family in your prayers. Y'all have a good weekend. Be nice to the tourists. And here comes Lorraine. Watch out.